0: We are about to hear my conversation with Fate Seguir. We talk all about the Canadian federal budget, including the Affordable Child Care Act that was in there, what the Canadian government is proposing to do on climate, and how will they pay for it with debt issuance. I hope you enjoy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsement. Listeners should seek professional advice for their situation. Welcome to the McKenzie Investments Podcast. My name is Matthew Schnur and I'm delighted to be here with Fate Seguir. State leads our sustainable investing efforts at McKenzie. Fate, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, Matt. Thanks again for uh, having me.
0: My pleasure. Uh, I've invited you back to really get your reaction uh, about the recent Canadian budget. Uh, what did you see in there from a sustainable investing point of view? Uh, what was exciting or disappointing and just your general feedback on it?
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, that, Matt. So a couple of things I know I I, uh, I talk a lot about stakeholder capitalism and, and uh Uh, stakeholder capitalism versus uh, shareholder primacy. And and I think this budget had um, that written all over it, this kind of uh, shift that we're seeing to a uh, multi-stakeholder model. And, and just you know in in particular the role that governments play within this multi stakeholder model, which is really to generate pro- the greatest amount of prosperity for the greatest number of people, right? So at that and at the center of that model is like your people and planet. So I think there was a little bit of of um, you know um, focus on you know a, a number of stakeholders and and maybe just you know. In, you know, focus maybe a bit on the on the social aspect within that model, and just the, the number of jobs that were lost when we came into like a bit of the backdrop. Number of jobs sure. that were lost coming into the pandemic. Right, we had by April three million jobs lost, um, and then you had about two and a half million um, uh, uh, folks whose whose hours were dramatically reduced, um, and then so when we think about who were the people that were mostly impacted by this, you had, you know, uh, minorities, uh, visible minorities, uh, newer immigrants into Canada, kind of, you know, the individuals that fall within that essential workers, um, segment, uh, and the indigenous were greatly impacted and women out of all those kind of, you know, um, at-risk groups, that's women were mostly impacted. I think specifically within the female segment, um, women uh, that are single mothers really uh, took the brunt of, of the hit within the broader segment. So that's like from a social perspective. I think that kind of was, it was a catalyst for some of the things we saw in the budget. And then I'll touch on um, the, the planet side of this stakeholder model um, and, and climate change and the climate crisis. We, you know, last year, our emissions went down uh, because we all stopped, got off the roads, we stopped traveling. Um, We saw a 6% drop in in emissions. Um, That's maybe a couple billion uh, tons of of CO2, but it's still was the tide 2020 was tied for the hottest year on record tied with 2016 so that kind of from a climate perspective showed oh my gosh we've got a lot of work to do this is a long journey and we need to start now so I see those two kind of you know called out in in the budget there's a lot of great stuff in on the social aspect you know I, I know what we're going to touch on and I'd love to talk about the um child care bill that's going to get pushed. There's a number of things to fight systemic racism, a focus on indigenous communities and reconciliation. So all good stuff. Um, On the climate side as well, there's uh, quite a number of um, kind of the green recovery um, um, type uh, items. I would say relative to what we're seeing out of the US and what we're seeing out of Europe, it's probably not as aggressive Right? Um, I think in total, the, the budget had just a number, there's no like real one answer to climate change. So there were a number of smaller things that were in the budget. I'd say in totality, there were about 17 billion um, in, in total, but not as aggressive as what we're seeing now come out with the, the Biden plan and what's coming out of Europe. Um, so definitely more that could be done there, but but nevertheless still kind of you know put, putting the uh, actions in, in uh, motion
0: great um maybe i'll i'll pick up on the last point like the environmental side and we'll circle back uh on the uh, affordable child care which was um the the largest spend in the budget aside from the covid relief uh piece um but before we get to that just on the on the climate side you referenced the 17 billion uh as a whole And that paling in comparison to to U.S. and and Europe. I'm curious what you think the impact will be on the overall economy. I mean, clearly, Canada is a nation that has um, a large oil and gas sector, Um, transitioning those jobs, uh, which are good paying, which uh, are vital to to certain provinces, uh, to to green jobs is a priority for the administration i'd say uh do you think that they've uh allocated enough there do you think that you know the spillover from the biden package will help us on that on that front uh what, what's your overall feel for that
1: yeah i i think so the the when this budget came out we were still targeting a 35 sorry 30 percent reduction over um um over um 20, uh, sorry, over 2005 emissions, right? So 2005 were actually quite very much similar to 2019, about 730 um, million tons of of CO2 being emitted. Um, I think, you know, a couple of days after the budget came out, um, there was the Biden held his climate summit, and, and, right. and our government went and said, OK, now we're going to aim to get up to 45 percent reduction in emissions. So I think, you know, the the math now doesn't work with this this new um, what I would call a stretch goal. Um, so I think we, we they will have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how they're going to get the extra 10 or 15 percent that we we are now striving for. Um, you know, I, I think in in terms of where the money's being spent obviously uh, quite a bit which which is always good because it attracts investment uh quite a bit on on this net zero accelerator that was launched uh in in December with i think a 3 billion dollar commitment they they topped that up with another 5 billion dollar commitment so this is meant to kind of you know get get companies to come and invest in Canada and find, you know, uh, net zero uh, solutions and innovations and and so on. So that's, that's always good for, for business. Um, the other one that I, I found interesting is, is uh, the, the, um, so we have not at a federal government issued a green bond um, so the government said you know we're, we're going to issue a green bond this year and and they've committed to a, a five billion dollar issuance now before they do that they kind of have to get their taxonomy right and, and really you know determine where where best to, to spend that so so that's a good thing that should also help to attract uh, attract investment there's, you know there's a number of, of smaller things um, you know that that are meant to you know invest in uh specific clean tech projects Uh, we hear a lot about carbon capture and and, uh, storage and and usage um that's also that's expected uh, you know I think to, to remove about uh, uh, 20 um, 20 million tons of, of emissions a year for you know over the next couple of years so so uh, you know a bit there but there, there is no um, I hate to use the term but but I will silver bullet in, in all of this I, I think there's a there's a couple hundred million um, on the jobs and and specifically you know the the um, um, our our um, our. Friends in in Alberta um, are going to be impacted by this. There's a couple hundred million dollars put aside for kind of the the retraining of of workers out there. But it still doesn't feel like it's it's enough. Right. Um, I'd Mm -hmm. say that the most significant um, this most significant spend, Matt, which is not part of the 17 billion is is the 15 billion dollar infrastructure. Bill that that the you know government I think uh, you know spoke to back in February before the budget, and that's really meant to help you know update uh, to, uh, transit transit lines, um, you know implement more you know EV charging stations and help with that kind of broader the broader uh, infrastructure that will likely right. have a bigger impact on you know obviously jobs and and just you know getting more people off the roads um, and so on. But yeah, the the 17 billion doesn't uh, doesn't feel like it's enough, and it's a lot of little things um, uh, that that make that up.
0: Great. Uh, well, maybe we'll, we'll switch and talk uh, again to the social side and the affordable childcare, uh, which is a fairly significant spend. Um, I know uh, that the uh, results uh, of – it seems like the program was modeled on the Quebec um, – uh, experiment with uh with affordable child care love to get your uh opinion on it what kind of um investment is this uh you know how is the ROI? can you measure return on investment with these types of of uh, things from the government uh and what's your overall Im- impression of that child care um le- uh proposal
1: yeah i think it's it's the i think the numbers um in the budget they call out um about $30 billion um, over the next five years in investment. And then there's going to be an ongoing investment uh, in this, but I'll just, it's really interesting. Cause I was, um, and, and, this is all part of part of the, um, the budget um, in, in Quebec city or in Montreal, the monthly cost for childcare is about $180. So it's about $8 and 30 cents a day in Toronto. Where where you and I both reside, um, Matt, it's about thirteen hundred dollars a month. So just right. the the economics don't don't make sense. And I think there's there's a couple of things um, with this and and studies. You know, in in the U S. studies in Europe of of others beyond you know even even Quebec, which is that program's been highly successful uh, at keeping women in the labor force. Um, but there's a couple of things in early, uh, childhood education. It's actually, it's been proven that it's just as important as elementary, secondary or post, uh, post, uh, secondary education, uh, just in terms of, you know, increasing the social equity, uh, uh lifetime earnings and, and so forth of, of, the, you know, children that come through, um, uh, such programs. And then from, uh, you know, the, the second benefit to this is just, you know, the greater participation of, of women in the job market um, so Quebec um, Quebec women with children under three have the highest uh, or among the highest employment rates in the world World. That's that's just incredible, and and the government in introducing this, um, this budget item, you know, went back. So Quebec introduced this uh, their province wide uh, child care act back in 1997, and so the government modeled if if all of Canada had access to such uh, benefits, then um, that would have kept 240,000 women in the labor force and impacted GDP by about 1.2%. So quite a significant, when we talk about yeah. ROI, right? It's, it's there both from, you know, the, the child and, and getting them into the education system early on, um, you know, making, making sure that they're getting what they need. And then also the, the women that uh, end up having to stay home to, to raise their uh, children.
0: Right. so so you you benefit from both improved outcomes from children for early child education as well as women being able to participate more fully in the, the workforce these are uh, to say the least uh, the, the budget was a, a lot of spending um, fairly big ticket items on the child care uh, even even the 17 billion on on green which uh, you're sounding a little bit disappointed on the size still a sizable amount of money um, and you you did reference the five billion in green bonds uh the government will largely pay for this through the issuance of bonds. What does that do to the bond market as a whole so there's a lot of supply that comes out but we're we're starting to see green bonds you know are there special types of bonds that can be issued for the social programs and, and do these bonds trade at a like do you get a better rate uh for these types of bonds
1: they they are um they're, they're very popular right now. So, and, and they are trading at a, at a premium. So we, we have, you know, we call them, um, the the broader, uh, um, issuance of these bonds as ESG labeled bonds. And there's, there's a number of, of types that, um, that get issued, you have your, you know, your green, which is the, gov- which is what the Canadian government's looking at now. Um, those are growing, uh, you know, double digit rates, uh, globally, right? So it's, it's a great opportunity for the Canadian, uh, government to start participating in some of that. We, we do have green bonds in Canada, primarily corporate. Um, you've got social bonds that tend to go towards, um, things like, um, you know, um, affordable housing, uh, childcare, uh, things, things of that nature, uh, so sustainability bonds, which are just more broadly um, al- aligned to a number of, of sustainability uh, objectives. And then the, the one that I'll call out that we're really paying very close attention to is um, sustainability-linked loans and, and bonds. And what these do is they actually tie the coupon rate of the um, of the bond to the outcomes to, to specific KPIs, and so if an issuer, um, you know, meets their KPIs, then then you know the the bond gets paid out at, at that rate. But if they go above and or beyond, then sorry, above or below. Um, so if, if if they don't meet their KPIs, uh, then the issuer uh, the um, issuer um, has to pay out more on on the bond itself right and vice versa if they exceed their kpis then then the uh mm-hmm. um recipients or the buyers make less so it's it's really interesting and what this uh why we like them so much is because it's actually putting the metrics in place and it helps with you know often with these esg labeled um Uh, bonds, there's, there's, the reporting is not always, even when they're certified, the reporting is not always great. And so it's, it's somewhat challenging for teams like mine to be able to go in there and see, okay, what did they actually do? We're having to go through, you know, um, uh, reports, uh, annual reports and so on, trying to reconcile data. Um, with sustainability linked, um, uh, bonds, it's, it's much more clear and, and the issuer has to report on an ongoing basis. So we, we, we like those types of bonds. It makes our jobs a little bit easier and, and, uh, you know, avoids any, um, uh, potential greenwashing that, that may exist, uh, in the space. Um, but just even, you know, Matt in, and, and, you know, I don't have specific numbers on, on Canada. Uh, they tend to be get, uh, uh, get uh group with, with the U S but, uh, Q1 issuances, um, in ESG labeled debt, um, was, uh, is already half of what we saw in all of 2020. Um, you know, and, and so, and, and, you know, there's, there's a premium there. There's, there's a lot of demand and I don't think issuers are able to keep up with, uh, in, in terms of supply. So, uh, really, uh, um, really, really great space to to get into, and and you know we um, we've launched now this year um, we we launched a sustainable bond uh, that that has a couple of um, and if I may just touch on on a, on a product uh, we to, to help clients get the premium um, we we coupled best in class issuers. Uh, so maybe more traditional um, uh, bonds with uh, ESG labeled debt in order to really get the right risk return profile we, we like that um, and hopefully you know in, in the future we'll start to move more towards ESG labeled debt but today we have, we have to kind of combine the two to get the right um, return profile and then uh, we we've, we've launched a uh, green bond sleeve as part of a, a green ship balanced fund that that we launched um, a couple of months ago so that as well as uh, you know helping investors uh, in the Canadian market, get exposure to, uh, to the green bond market.
0: That's great. Uh, and uh, I suppose that, that, uh, that team will have more options uh, going forward as uh, the government starts to issue more of these things. So uh, that's great fate. Uh, any, any final words on the, on the budget? Um, anything that, uh that you'd like to leave the listeners with?
1: Yeah, Nick, I, I do um, I I do think we'll we'll have to come back to the table on on climate. I think on um, you know on, on probably more on the environmental aspect. I think that's maybe more controversial across across Canada than the um, some of the social aspects that the budget introduced. And I think. Um, on the climate side, the key to success here will be the federal government's ability to work across the provinces and to get buy-in on what they're trying to do. There's, you know, uh, you know, you see within, you know, Ontario, Saskatchewan and and um, and Alberta, there's a, a little bit of, of friction that exists there. So hopefully they can get, uh, they can collaborate and, and get some good alignment on how to push those things through. Um, I do think they'll come back now with this, uh, with the kind of updated ambition of, uh, you know, up to 40, 45% uh, reduction in, in CO2. We're going to have to, you know, put more spend, uh, find find uh, a few more ways for us to reduce our footprints. Um, the other, you know, the only other item I, I'd say that's uh, that I thought was of significance and I hope that we'll spend more time on is um, the government was trying to also introduce, you um, a, you know, a, a focus on uh, eliminating systemic racism. And so there's a number of things that are, are uh, will be coming down the, uh, the pipeline in terms of um, reporting on gender and diversity. Right within in Canada right now, there's there's not a lot um it's all voluntary reporting there's nothing that mandates for example igm to report such things uh but i think if if we want to really eliminate systemic racism we're going to have to have the data to, to measure against and, and set uh, strategies against that so that was something that was hidden in the budget but i think uh is is very important and and it's already it's a priority in in the us as it should be um and i'm glad that uh, we're bringing it to canada too
0: and and sorry, Faye, just expand on that uh a moment. So in in the budget, there's uh is it a requirement, is it a suggestion by a certain time that there is widespread reporting for um both ethnic and uh and gender diversity at corporations? Is
1: that correct. That? Yes, yeah, so they're looking at the corpor- corporations. Um, they're working with the Canada Business Corporations um, to implement this with the Canada Business Corporations Act. But in 2022, Crown Corporations will be required to start doing gender and diversity reporting. So uh, I'd imagine the corporate, uh, um, uh, the corporate requirement will come after that.
0: Gotcha. Um, well, thank you very much for bringing that to, to light. Uh, And thanks so much for the insights uh, over the past 20 minutes or so. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Matt. Uh, My pleasure.
0: The content of this podcast, including facts, views, opinions, and recommendations is not to be used or construed as investment advice and is not an offer or an invitation to buy or sell any security. The content of this podcast should not be relied upon for any purposes, and Mackenzie Financial Corporation is not responsible for any reliance upon it. This podcast includes forward-looking information that reflects our current expectations or forecasts of future events. Forward-looking information is subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those expressed herein. Our views are subject to change based on market conditions